Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Business Plan Podcast. My name is Brian Colvin. And I'm Renee Taylor. We are certified public accountants in Asheville, North Carolina. We started this podcast to answer the tax and business questions we get asked all the time. So whether you're listening to our podcast while working, riding your mountain bike, or just hanging in your hammock, we're really glad you're here. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another week of the Business Plan Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, It's a great day to uh, be a business owner. It's always a great day to be a business owner. That's right. And boy, because you're not working for the man. That's right, exactly. But you are a man, (laughs) and you work for the woman, and you work for yourself. So that's true. Wait, oh man, you (laughs) exactly, exactly. Well, I am working for the man. Yeah, you're yourself, exactly. Well, yeah. So we're kind of getting into the swing of tax season here. It's late January. People are starting to think about it, whether they want to or not, including us. Um, yep. And this week, we want to talk a little bit about record keeping. It's uh, every year, some taxpayers end up going to court because they're hoping for a better outcome than what the IRS has assessed of them. And they usually lose, to be honest, because of poor records or... Um, they don't meet all the particular requirements for a deduction, uh, or they don't keep their business and personal expenses separate. But a lot of times it just comes down to bad records. So we're going to talk yeah. about that this week. Last week we talked about deductible automobile expenses. This week we're going to um, give you some tips for keeping good records. And also I'm going to share two court cases that I found where some automobile expenses, among many others, were denied to these taxpayers because they didn't have good records. Right. So if you tuned in last week and you're not here this week, you're missing out. That's right. Missing out. (laughs) (laughs) And if you were here last week, then this is kind of a segue into a little piece about um, how to protect yourself and keeping good records, because that's definitely, as far as taking expenses, you need to do that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, with that, the question of the week. Are you ready? I'm totally, I'm always ready. Okay. What other language would you like to be fluid in? Well, in a perfect world, I would answer this question in the language that I teach myself every day. <laughs> but I can't because I have deer in headlights look right now. But it would be, it's like, how would I say this in French? But I can't. But French is definitely the language. Yeah. Yep, for sure. French. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about you? I don't know. What language would I? I'm not sure. The first one that came to mind was um, Spanish. I don't know. I took a lot of Spanish in school and such. So mm-hmm. I did I too. That would be I took fun. Spanish and German and never French. And certainly Spanish would be most useful. But for some reason, I know I love France. So <laughs> I would rather teach myself French. But there you go. Oh, well, I wish I could snap my fingers and be fluent, but that's not going to happen. I have to be busy being a CPA. Yeah, true. All right. So, so what about um, it, Brian? What are, how are some ways for us to keep some good records? So uh, as you have expenses and you're recording those expenses, it's always important to have your backup as we account it, say, or your your receipts um, and notes and things of that nature to, to substantiate your, your expenses that you're going to take on your tax return. So, um, 
One example of that is keeping receipts for meals and travel. I talk to this, uh, talk about this to clients quite a bit. So if you go out and you have a business meal um, and you have that receipt, and that receipt's going to have certain information on it, like where you are, what time it is, um, what you know, what you had, and it'll separate the different expenses out. And you need a the receipt that has everything kind of laid out and broken down, and you can tell how many people were there. But you also want to write down on that receipt uh, what the occasion was for. So if it's for a meeting, for an advertising meeting, maybe an employee meeting, that kind of thing. And then you need to write who was present. So if it's uh, keeping those records is important. Also, if you're just tr- if it's just a travel meal, you could just put what where you were going, if it's a conference or something of that nature. And with that, you could back it up with what you have on your calendar. Um, if you've marked it on your calendar that you're going away for a conference or if you're traveling for a business meeting or that kind of thing, if it's an overnight kind of affair. So there is, if you do travel, there is, uh, you could take what we call a per diem rate, which gets into a little bit more um, detail, but basically there's per diem rates for every city um, and area kind of in the United States. And you can pay yourself just a flat fee for all your meals and things for the day. Um, You can do that for your employees and that way you don't have to keep up with receipts and such, but you have to have a record of, you know, how many days they were gone and how much you paid them per diem and why they were going there and that kind of thing. But it just happens in one check instead of a bunch of uh, different receipts and things. So there's a couple different ways you can do that, but you're still with the per diem, you still have to have a record of that expense. With auto expenses, um, as we were talking last week, uh, if you've got to keep a mileage log. So if you have all of these business miles and just saying, you know, well, I go to, you know, I go to a, to a client's office almost every day, you know, just saying that is not enough. You have to have a record of where you went. So you either have to have on your calendar, you keep a record. Um, a lot of people keep mileage logs right in their car. So every time they get in their car, they write down the odometer readings how far they've gone and what, what the purpose was, uh, where they're going. If they're going to, you know, uh, an office store, if they're going to a client who was the client. And there are also, of course, some apps and things that can help you with mileage, um, like mile, mile IQ. And there's some other apps out there that might help you. But with those, you still have to review them and put down the purpose of what the trip was for. So you got to keep records to, to substantiate all those business miles, the meals and that kind of thing. So in other expenses, it's, um, if you have office expenses and that kind of thing, you want to keep the receipts, um, a credit card statement, uh, it's probably not enough. In a lot of cases it's not. So don't think that just because you keep your statements that you have a record of everything, you need a receipt that kind of, uh, has it detailed out what you purchased, um, and keeping those receipts somewhere. Also, uh, from time to time, I see a lot of folks that have their accounting software, if you're using QuickBooks, Zero, that kind of thing, and they have a category that has other expenses. So don't have a category with other expenses. There's actually cases where this has been on someone's tax return, and it could be quite a bit of money, and the IRS doesn't like something that's called other expenses, because you, you need those other expenses are going to fit into some category. So if it's either going to be meals, travel, office, that kind of thing, um, find a place to put it or come up with whatever you think it is if you even have to add another account for it. But other expenses is kind of a um, a canary in the coal mine. So you don't want to do that. Um, If you have a spreadsheet, 
with your expenses written down, that's a great thing, but that may not be you enough. Mean, and probably isn't. I can't You're going to have to also have receipts for this like, kind of thing. Be like, I bought a hundred dollar toner and I bought a hundred dollars worth of pens. I can't just do that. <laughs> you mean I have to have receipts? <laughs> no. You've got but to I have receipts. I love my spreadsheet. I love my so spreadsheet. Receipts are really important because it's gonna it's gonna outline it and and they are and and spreadsheets are awesome. But uh, you need to keep those receipts. And we've talked about you know maybe you uh, you have an app on your phone where you take a, sh- a shot of your receipt and then it goes into your accounting software. If nothing else, if that's time consuming, you know, just keeping a receipt and putting it in a manila folder and, you know, keeping year by year of your receipts is, it's, it's perfectly okay. It's according to how much time you have and what, that's a really good point. I mean, like I, maybe it's too much to snap the picture and upload it to the, like, I like to snap a picture and upload it to zero files and attach it to the transaction, but you're right. That could be too hassleful or whatever. So the fact that it's going to be in zero, the expense, uh, like I went to Office Max, kind of, um, that clearly that's an office expense, right? But I, I kind of need to go ahead and throw that receipt in the the Manila envelope too, you right. know. Or and, and office expenses are a little less tricky. I mean, you know, you go to Office Max and you work for yourself. Right. Most likely, it's for office expenses. But if you go to, as Brian's saying, like a meal and you go out to eat, like I could go out with Brian and. Maybe we'd talk about mountain biking and it wouldn't be deductible business expense, but maybe we'd go and we'd talk about our podcast. Well, that's a, de- that's a deductible. So I need to write that down, you know, correct. Jack of the woods with Brian to talk about the podcast and then throw that receipt in the manila envelope so that in case it ever comes up, you've, you've got the backup. I mean, it's just, I think that's yes. a really good idea and a really easy thing. Just get it, write it down, throw it in the envelope, be done with it. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are small business folks. Maybe you haven't worked for a large company and things, but if you work for any type of large company, they're going to want a receipt for all those expenses that you have. So, and they're going to want to be able to go through it and say, they're going to go through that, that account that you have under there as other expenses. And they're going to look at what those other expenses are. And they're going to say, well, show us the receipts for these so we can get rid of this account and put it somewhere else. And that's the same thing if you get audited. Um, They're going to look at those different line items on your tax return and in your financials and say like advertising. They're going to say, okay, you claimed $12,000 in advertising. Let's see what that's made up of. Um, Let me see these different receipts of what's, you know, what you paid for here so we can see if these are actually legitimate. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about record keeping is to substantiate what you're putting on the tax return in each one of those line items. So it's really important to do that. And um, if you don't do that, some could mm-hmm, happen mm-hmm. that, you know, ooh, things ooh, don't yeah. go well for I you if you get audited. I found two court cases and about this. Renee's yeah. So like if you get audited, you know, nobody, everybody hopes that this isn't going to happen to us, but let's just say it happens. So it happened to these two taxpayers. I'm going to tell you about one of them. Um, her name is Sherry Flying Hawk. This was a tax court case from August of 2015, but it was for tax years 2006 and 2007. And she reported on her Schedule C, so she was a self-employed sole proprietor. Um, The issues were uh, about the business use of her home and about auto expenses. Okay, so basically she was an accountant. She had a regular office, and she had two assistants that she, you know, like, part-time assistants that she had there for during tax season, but she had a separate like office that she went to and she went there. She went there more than 50% of the time. And she also had yeah 
two homes. And she claimed home office expenses for, for these two homes, but she never met uh, any clients there. She went to their businesses instead. Okay. So she claimed in those two tax years. Yep. So she had, I'm sorry, she, she had two different locations that she was mm-hmm. deducting on her tax return for uh, offices. She had two But she homes, never went to them. Like Is that- she had a, a part-time, she had two, two houses basically. She had a regular office, but she also had two houses. And so she, uh, okay. Well, so she didn't see clients at those, at her houses ever. I mean, but she was deducting home office expenses for her two houses. Okay. So, so, so back to the auto expenses, she, in the two tax years, she claimed $8,000 in one year and $9,000 uh, in the other year for automobile expenses and the IRS disallowed all of them uh, because she didn't have good records. She claimed, as far as the home offices go, she claimed, no, I'm sorry, I have it backwards. That 8000 and 9000 was home office. Sorry, I, I've got my highlighted notes here and I kind of went backwards. <laughs> so the IRS disallowed those 8000 and 9000 home office expenses because she didn't... Um, meet the requirements. And I'll just tell you real quick what the requirements are for deducting home office. It has to be the principal place of business or uh, you have to meet clients there or it has to be a separate structure. And none of those things were true in her case. She, I mean, because she had a regular office that she actually went to, that's where she did more than 50% of her business. That's why, and the, the other two tests were met. That was why those were disallowed. In terms of the auto expenses... Uh, she claimed fourteen thousand in one year and twenty three thousand in another year in auto expenses based on the standard mileage rate, um, and she said that she used her vehicles ninety percent of the time for business. Uh, so, because she drove back and forth to clients' houses, I mean, the IRS did say that you can deduct. They, they basically said, okay, we'll let you take sixty percent of this mileage deduction instead of the whole 90% which you've, which you've done. Uh, and, and the reason why they disallowed it is because she didn't keep a mileage log. <laughs> I mean, if she could, so what's, what's the, what's the truth of the matter here? Did she actually use the car 90% yeah. of the time and not keep a mileage log or did she not, you know, have legitimate miles and probably the latter but you know because she did have demonstrated evidence of going back and forth to clients places they did allow her to take 60 percent of the miles claimed and so basically the whole point uh you know in terms of this case is about you know record keeping and she didn't have sufficient evidence according to the tax court in other words the mileage log uh, just didn't have enough information she i think she did the thing where it's like Here's the beginning of the year odometer. Here's the end of the year odometer. Oh, and I'm driving. I'm driving. Let me see. Ballpark. I know I'm driving 90% (laughs) of the time back and forth around to these clients. And she claimed that. But that, it it didn't fly. Like, you know, the IRS was like, oh, no, you can't prove that with logs of you having gone to see Jane and Sally and everybody else. So, no, we're not going to allow it. But they did allow 60%. So that's just an example of like, this is, I want to also emphasize, this is like a, what you'd call a regular taxpayer. You know, people like me and Brian and probably a lot of our listeners, not a big rich person with offshore, you know, tax shelters and fancy stuff. This is just a regular person 
who, you know, th- there's probably a lot of people who do this. They're probably like, oh, right. I'm just going to fudge right here on this. And, you know, I mean, it, it was a high number. Like, I don't know what triggered the audit. Right. I have no idea. But it was a high number of automobile expenses, maybe relative to her line of work. But she's just a regular person. She's an accountant. Yeah. So yeah, the so fourteen and twenty-three could be could be a lot, but in and you know, you think big business and things where you know that's not a whole lot of money could be relatively to her income. But um, plus, I I kind of noticed so if she took twenty-three thousand dollars off in automobile expenses and mm-hmm. using the standard mileage rate, exactly, you're roughly around forty-six, forty-five thousand miles driving the clients homes it is it is and that's a bit exactly. odd for an accountant i mean so that's that's like unreasonable right i mean this is like no reasonable person would think to to get away with that or you know there just, right. just doesn't okay like okay maybe you're an accountant and you live right like 100 miles away from all of your clients for some reason and you go there every day or, or you know how, how would you accrue you're right forty six thousand business miles I mean, you'd be driving all the time. You wouldn't have any personal life at all, <laughs> you know. So anyway, that's so right. Sherry flying Sherry flying hawk. She yeah. had to she had to pay back taxes on that. They, they said, and basically, what happens when the IRS disallows an expense is they're like, okay, you you didn't have to pay tax because you deducted this, so they're we're going to add this back, and so that makes that bottom line income higher. And then you have to pay the tax on the new bottom line. That's how that works. You don't go to jail or anything. You just right. <laughs> have to pay more taxes. And I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit about penalties here at the very end. But I want to just kind of quickly say this other case that I found. Um, this right. is more of a case of illegitimate expenses. This is um, Mr. and Mrs. Chen and Gu. And this also was a tax court case from August 2015 for tax years 2010 through 2012. Here's what they did. They formed a biotech LLC in 2009. He was the, it, it was a single member one. It was him. They earned no money and acquired no clients between 2009 and 2012. They had two kids that were born in 2001. They paid those kids about $10,000 in wages. By the way, in 2012, those kids would have been 11 years old, so they were minors. They paid no other wages to anybody else, um, and they claimed um, ten to $19,000 for each of those th- three years in automobile expenses, in addition to like $20,000 of other expenses that they claimed. All this for the three years under review for this biotech LLC that had no income, no clients. So... Uh, the tax court agreed with the IRS, as you can imagine, uh, that many of these things were, were disallowed. They, so they couldn't substantiate a lot of these deductions. They didn't provide any records to establish the business miles driven, as we've been talking about. Uh, they didn't claim their, a home office on their Schedule C per se, but they did claim like utilities, you know, water and sewer and things that would normally fall under home office. They claimed, they just claimed it as utilities. Um, But the home, first of all, the home office rules weren't even met. And then this was really funny in the case, 
the uh, the court said that the taxpayer offered unpersuasive testimony <laughs> as to the legitimacy of their utilities expense. So you can't just get there and be like, well, I have to have <laughs> water and sewer in order to, you know, work. <laughs> That's unpersuasive, according to the, to the tax court. They, and here's a good one, where you mentioned right. before, like, can you have a spreadsheet of everything written down um, and cl- and use that as your business expenses? Well, these taxpayers did that. They had a spreadsheet, but it had things like Toys R Us, JCPenney, music schools, I think, for their kids. Um, but they failed to substantiate how those were used in the business. <laughs> and so they were disallowed. Oh, and just one final note sure. about the kids. They paid the wages to their kids, like I said, and that was for, as they said, office cleaning and office organizing. I'm doing air quotes right now. Office cleaning and office organizing. But they're like 11 years old, and there was no evidence that that actually occurred. <laughs> so basically, the IRS kicked every single one of those things to the curb, and they had to uh, put all of that back uh, on their on their taxes and then pay the increased taxes as a result. What were you going to, what were you going to ask me? Well, I would say with the, the itemized piece, when they were just writing JCPenney and Toys R Us, I think, you know, when you keep receipts and things, they have to be itemized of what the purchase, what you purchased. It can't be, exactly. I went to Home Depot exactly. and spent a thousand dollars. It's got to be what you purchased for that thousand dollars. I mean, like Toys R Us. So this is a biotech LLC, right? I don't really know what they're buying at Toys R Us for the purposes of their business. <laughs> Right. So first of all, that was a personal expense. But then maybe that maybe they did go to uh, Home Depot or something and they had to buy some items to repair their office. Yeah. So but you got to write that down. Like, so that's the great thing about spreadsheets, right? It has many columns. You can say this is Home Depot, thousand dollars spent on wood and stuff to, you know, repair my office. But no, they didn't even do that. I mean, it was so this is just. It's kind of like, and so again, these are just regular yeah. people, regular taxpayers, not wealthy people, just regular people. And, and we often think to ourselves that this is not going to happen to us. This is the yeah, IRS only comes after folks who are, you know, th- got the big bucks or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is if you do something that's like really kind of out of line, right? Uh, and then you don't have records to back that up, then, you know. It can come back to haunt you. And I just want to give one final note about not only would, do you have to pay the taxes that you would have had to pay if you'd not taken the deduction, you also have to pay interest on that amount and penalties. And there's this thing called an accuracy-related penalty, right? That is a 20% penalty on the underpayment of tax attributable to negligence or disregard of rules. And I want to quote here from the court, which includes... Any failure by the taxpayer to keep adequate records and books or to substantiate items properly or when the taxpayer did not act with reasonable cause and in good faith. That's very broad, right? So, you know, if it's deemed that if it's deemed that you didn't act reasonably, you didn't keep uh, good records or that you, you know, purposely ignored the rules, not only are you going to have to pay those back taxes, 20 percent penalty on top of that too so so yeah the whole bottom line of all this is just keep good records keep good records you know your business act like a business make it smell 
like a business, <laughs> look like a business. It's the same thing we kind of say over and over. If you're, if you're, you've got a business, so you need to run it as such. So if you had an employee that went out and spent a bunch of money at Home Depot, you'd want to know what it was for. Exactly. The IRS is going to want to know what it's for as well. So even if it's just you, you have to treat it that way. So same thing with meals and auto expenses. Um, if you had an employee come up to you and said, Hey, I need my reimbursement for $23,000 all over the country. (laughs) Cause I've been delivering tax returns. Um, me as the accountant, me as the accountant would be going, Hey, I'm a virtual accounting firm and we're paperless. So I'm not sure what you're doing. And B, I'd like to see your, your records of this and your backup to show me where you've been in each day and each client and, that kind of thing. And that's the same thing. You know, you can kind of flip it away around that way and think about what if, you know, if it wasn't that's just really you spending point. the money, if it was one of your employees, what would you need to see to substantiate that? And that will help. That'll help you kind of protect yourself. And um, a lot of times with record keeping and things is, um, you know, keep records. I mean, it's as simple as that. A lot of folks that run their own business say, I don't have time to keep records, but you're putting yourself in um, a lot of liability. Um, like Renee was saying, um, if you don't, if something happens and a lot of times when these things happen, when you get audited, it's not exactly. you know, two, three like months said, after you file yeah, your tax I mean, that returns. One, that one uh, person, it was for their 2006 and seven taxes, but the tax court case was in 2015. And you can't, you can't remember mm-hmm. what was going on that far back. You, you have to have records of what's going on. What's your, what's your takeaways from today's podcast? Well, here, here's one that we haven't really thought about. Uh, one thing you could do is keep your business, and we've talked about it before, but we haven't talked about it this week. Keep your business and personal accounts separate. So, like in the case of the biotech people, they should have never been running J.C. Penney and Toys R Us and stuff like that through their business. I mean, that's just a simple way keep them separate. Anything else? I think that's it. Some really good points. Um, there we go. There we go. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. want to give a shout out to our sponsors which for now are our firms renetaylorcpa.com and colvincpa.com please visit our website at thebusinessplan.co and sign up for our mailing list if you find the show helpful we'd appreciate it if you'd leave a review on itunes everyone's business and tax situation is unique so please don't act on the advice given in the podcast without consulting a professional see you next week on the business plan podcast